0: Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Listen, I know at this time of year you're thinking about next year, you're already starting to pivot, you're thinking about what you're going to do, particularly for the Lent season. I know, listen, we're not even at Christmas yet, and I'm pushing you to think about Lent. Well, this is the reason why. If you planned your Lent this year, you could see as much as a 40% increase in small group attendance. I know that's crazy. What if in 40 days, you could see your small groups grow by 40%? The Red Letter Challenge is a 40-day turnkey church campaign that centers around making more effective disciples of Jesus. The author, Pastor Zach, his incredible friend, great guy, went back and looked at all that Jesus commanded of his disciples and found five principles out of the mouth of Jesus. This challenge is really centered around those five tactics those five targets. Listen, in the first 18 months, hundreds of churches, over 60,000 people have completed the red letter challenge and 10 or hundred percent, not 10%, hundred percent of the pastors who did the RLC said, man, I recommend this to other people. We've seen on average 40% growth in small groups. And this is what I want you to be thinking about now as we get ready for Lent. Now I know. It's not even Christmas, but I want you to be thinking about this. What I want you to do is go to redletterchallenge.com forward slash unseminary. B- drop your information there. You'll see there's all kinds of packages ready for you. The packages start for as little as 10 copies, perfect for a small group up to churches of a hundred or 1, a thousand or more. Go going to that link. You're going to save between 10 and 40% off. It really is incredible. Redletterchallenge.com forward slash unseminary. That really is what you should be thinking. Why don't you order a couple copies? You'll have them waiting on your desk. So then in January you can get started planning on your Lent push this year. Listen, friends, super excited for today's article. Listen in and uh, let's uh, find out what's going on in today's episode. Let's go. This is the Unseminary podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary.
1: Hey, listeners, I'm Vanessa, the host of the Unseminary podcast, where we talk about the stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I'm joined by the founder of Unseminary, Rich Birch. Hey, Rich, how are you?
0: I am doing well. Uh okay, so when you were a young person, what sports did you play, dear Vanessa?
1: I feel like I'm still young. <laughs>
0: Okay. When you were younger, let's say, like, you know, like a kid, like when you were like in high school or something like that, what did you play?
1: Yeah. So I figure skated competitively from the age of four until I went to high school. And then I played flag football. I really did a hard 180 on that.
0: That, I was going to say that's (laughs) that's amazing. What position did you play in flag football?
1: I was on.
0: What was your favorite position? Defense. Really? Yeah. You were the wine. You're like you're not you're not getting past me.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm sassy like That's that. Amazing. Yeah, I like to <laughs> I like I like to throw it down. I went from like figure skating being very delicate to just throw, throwing people down on, it with flag football. Nice. So I wasn't throwing anyone except flags. Yes, you
0: were <laughs> throwing those flags
1: <laughs> with authority. Now, so
0: that, that actually fits well with today's <laughs> <That's> article because <it. laughs> uh, we're talking about team huddles. Was there in when you played uh, football? did, uh, was there anyone that was particularly good at the kind of the huddle though? Like, okay, this is now you, obviously you were on the defense side. I'm sure at some point you played offense, but you know, uh, maybe before the game, did you have a coach that was particularly good at that?
1: Yeah. So, so this is crazy. Our, my coach, who's also uh-huh. a math teacher at my high school, who now lives across the road from me, which is crazy. Okay. Um, he did some great huddles of just trying to motivate us and encourage us and, um, like just give us the push that we needed to, and, the like empowerment that we could succeed
0: you can do it nice well I think I think actually one of the most under leveraged things in most churches is really this idea of team huddles this mm-hmm. kind of kickoff at the beginning of a volunteer experience um, I, you know it really is a critical time as we're beginning you know at the beginning of a shift or the beginning of a morning to pull people together and say hey this is where we're going and so uh, associated with today's episode is a PDF and an article that all is about what I'm trying to do is give you a guide for more effective team huddles I'm sure you want to do those well at your church i remember when i was a kid so i i did not i'm not really a sports person I, I, you know i'm i'd rather what did you play uh, so i did play hockey you like did? every good canadian kid i did and i had i was not very good at hockey i was so i played defense similar to you i was on i was on the d-line but i um i was so bad at at <laughs> hockey um, I figured out so this I pl- I'd only played until I was think 10. And you know, it you, wasn't it was non contact hockey, right? Like you weren't allowed to, you know, to but I figured out as a defenseman, I would skate backwards. And I would let whoever the attacker was for the I would allow them to get like closer to me get as close as possible. And then I would trip and fall. <laughs> And then what would happen is they would fall and, but you can't get a penalty for tripping. Like I, I felt myself and then they, because they were so close to me, they would fall over, which is a terrible move. I did have a coach that I think knew I was doing that and he did not discourage it. Let's just put it that way. But I I say that that actually relates to what we're talking about today because the, the last year I played hockey, we literally lost every single game, a hundred percent of the games. It was, it was terrible. Like, But when I look back on that, uh, you know, when I think about like kind of coaches' experiences and all that. I think it was this same year. I, these are at least fused together in my brain that that was my favorite year with my favorite coach. This guy named Jim Morlog. He was a great guy. He was he ran the local auto wrecker and towing business. Like that was his thing. Yeah, but he was really really good at team huddles. You know, he he would pull us together before the game and like, okay guys, like we're gonna do this. And like, you know, he would, which I think what that must have been like for him when we just kept losing time after time after time. There's a you know if, now if I was a, a team you know in that huddle i would have said listen past performance is the best indicator of future reality we've lost every game up till now (laughs) chances are we're going to go out there and lose today Uh, and that's okay (laughs) And that's okay. And we're just having fun. Uh, But, you know, again, I think that team huddles are a critical piece of the puzzle. And so what I tried to do is pull out what I think are some excellent team huddles to really kind of aspects of excellent team huddles or kind of things that I think you should do uh, in a team huddle. And we've kind of compressed it into today's article.
1: You know, I think that – like huddles in in the church world can be something mundane. Like it's, you know, you kind of go through the motions and it's like, it's just another Sunday. And, but I think like that's such a I've been a part of huddles that have been so powerful that I've actually I've been I'm an emotional person so not a shocker but was moved to tears Mm. in them because it was just you know it's just like that moment of connecting with people to understand that we all are like minded working and trying to accomplish the same thing and there's so much power in that and sets up the I think it sets up the tone for your morning for sure
0: oh absolutely I think it gets the ball rolling in the right way Yes, it's it's I think it's a it's a miss it's one of those when I'm in doing kind of consulting consulting or coaching with churches and sometimes they'll ask like hey but you know about the volunteer experience if if churches are struggling with that oftentimes it can be led back to they don't have this Fused in, they don't. They don't have kind of a great huddle experience. They're not, or they're phoning it in. They're not doing a great job with them, and so um, I, I think it's a huge mess. If you don't, if you are not doing this, uh, you know, your leaders are missing out. Your the people who are participating in the volunteer experience are missing out for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, everybody knows everybody, right?
0: Yeah. So the, a, a good team huddle coming out of this, uh, it really should ensure that people know, um, you know, know everyone that's serving together, and so. A part of this is through, you know, introducing folks. If it's like early in a ministry season, it's like the first time that these people have served together. I would strongly recommend that you literally have to do, you know, everybody's name. I know I've talked about this in other environments, but I do think that name tags are like a good thing. I know <laughs> we we resist the name tag. But it's a great thing for people to be like, "Hey, I, I, I know who uh, you know. I know who these other people are." It's obviously you love when people say your own name, but totally. it's actually it's an anxiety reducer for people who are like, "I don't know who that person is." And when you serve week in week out over a year, I, I, listen, people, it, you've had that experience. You've I've been working with this person, volunteering with this person for a year, and I don't know uh, their name. And then, frankly, it's too embarrassing at that point to say, "Hey, what's your name again?" Oh my gosh. You've been serving for so long that 's the worst it 's totally the worst, and so what we want to do is in whatever we do in our huddles, we want to make sure that that we 're talking about each other 's names In fact, I, I link to an article here um, from the medical community that shows that studies reveal, which is crazy. Think about this studies reveal that um, that the outcomes are better in surgical teams that stop. And just simply introduce each other by name and define their role uh, before they start working together. So think about that. Your surgeon's going to do a better job if they stop and say, "Hey, your name's Fred, and your I don't, this is going to fall apart quickly. I don't know nothing about surgery, but your name's Fred, and you're doing this job. And like, what's your name? Oh, my name's Bill, and I'm doing this. And your name's Linda, and I'm you know I'm doing this. And, and, and so, and literally, there are studies that show that that surgery will go better if your surgical teams do that. Uh, what, what difference could it make for us if we just literally slow down, make sure everybody knows, uh, you know, who each other are and kind of develop, you know, that, that even just baseline relationship.
1: Absolutely. And let's talk about celebrating the win. Cause I think this is what is super powerful in those team huddle moments.
0: Yeah. So most people, when they arrive on a Sunday morning and they're volunteering at your church, there is an underlying assumption, or, or maybe there's just me. Maybe I'm a cynical leader. There's an underlying assumption saying, like, do I really do this? Like, should I be doing this? Like, is this worth my time? Is this worth my effort? Like, this is, yeah, you know, man, it's just, it takes so much to do. And and is it is it worth it? I think a part of the way we we defend against that is by celebrating wins, by by taking time out every Sunday morning to to say, "Hey, we are we're super excited because let me tell you this story about this thing that happened at our church, or let me tell you about you know this amazing story about what went on in this person's life, or maybe show you this picture of this cool thing that happened last week." And so, good team huddles define the win. They they and they do that definition through uh, really through celebration. So you need to take time to point your team towards the common goal. Just like in sports, things things will often change as soon as the action begins so like we know hey you're you know let's say you're on the host team or you're leading the host team you know we can become too obsessed with uh, my job is to stand at the door and hand out programs, or my job is to hand out whatever it is uh, but actually what we need to do is is pull people back to the bigger thing and say what is the win today? The win today is warm and engaging community whatever that is in your environment or maybe it's I, I know that the language I've used in other t- times in that environment is the, the the win for the host team is that people feel accepted and expected so today what we want to do is what can we do to um, you know celebrate you know maybe last week this Julian did this great job making people feel accepted. I saw you, you know, high five people at the front door. That was so good. You showed how people were accepted or expected. You know, I saw Bob, he did a great job, you know, um shoveling off the front walk last week, you know, just taking the time to to let people know, "Hey, we're expecting that they're coming today." So again, celebrating the win, critical critically important part of uh the service. And I, I don't know, when when you said you got teary-eyed or a little bit you know, misty eyed at a, at a team. Was it around this piece that kind of like, Oh wow. Like I am making a difference here.
1: Yeah, totally. I think, I think it was already like a lot of times it's it's heightened because of the, the style of service that it is whether it's like a it, mostly baptisms just hit you right in the feels but yes. um, I think it was a baptism Sunday that we were doing and it was just you know seeing the first group of you know 20 or so people coming in to be baptized it was just incredible and then the time of like prayer just the mm. opportunity to be in prayer with your huddle and everyone coming before God and that was super I have goosebumps just thinking about it
0: mm, that's so cool that's so cool
1: it was, it was really cool nice yeah all right well let's talk about defining the next challenge
0: yeah so uh, you know every week at your church is slightly different than the week before i think a part of what we've got to shake up in our um in our huddles is the monotony of like i show up i do the same thing now Um, and it's true that there's a lot of repetitiveness in what we're doing. uh, But what we want to do is be very clear on what is different about today, or what's a challenge that's coming up that's going to be a little bit different. So, you know, here we are, you know, we are right on the heels or mm, heels is the wrong way. We're right breathing down towards, you know, Christmas Eve. And this would be a great time of year to be talking about Christmas Eve with your teams like, hey, this is the next big challenge as a church, what can we be doing to invite people or, you know, are you scheduled on the schedule or, you know, that kind of thing, taking time to talk about the possible challenges or changes ahead will instill a sense of confidence in your team. So this could also be like, you know, maybe it's in, you know, a lot of places across the country, you know, winter is actually starting to set in. And so, you know, taking some time to say, hey, well, now we've got a different time of year. We're now we've got this thing happening where, you know, we've got snow outside or ice outside. What can we do to make sure that our guests talking, sticking with the host example, what can we do to ensure that our guests have a good, you know, good experience, which will help reduce stress with some team members because they they realize as a team leader, you're thinking ahead. You're kind of, looking down the pipeline a little bit and taking some extra time, effort and energy to ensure uh, that they're prepared for what's coming. So, so taking some time to kind of define the next challenge, you don't have to necessarily do this every week, but on a consistent basis, coming back to say, Hey, what's around the corner? Where are things going next?
1: Mm, I love this next one. Have fun and maybe share some food too. (laughs)
0: Yes. So I can't underscore this too much. Volunteers (laughs) serve at your church because they're trying to develop relationships, friendships with other people at the church. We need them to do work. Uh, We have things we need them to do, but that's actually not their primary orientation on why they're helping. Very few volunteers come to the point where they say, hey, like I'm doing this because I'm all for the mission, you know, and although that's true to a certain extent, really what we want to do is we want to help them develop friendships and and there's nothing like like fun to inject friendship to help Mm -hmm. kind of people develop that and so you know this can be ways to mix up the conversation you know make sure people are smiling some of this is just goofy stuff around like high fives or or playing a game together even something as simple as saying hey i'm gonna have we've got a ball this morning we've got something funny this morning uh and we're gonna throw it from person to person and whoever uh catches it has to share something about the team that they're thankful for even something just as small as that can help drive the fun factor. You know, I uh, food is is always a fun piece of the equation. Totally. Uh, you know, it doesn't take much more than a box of donuts or some cookies. I don't know why it's always carbs, uh, you know, to help pe- to have people have fun on a Sunday morning, even just the choice of like, what kind of donut are you going to pick? Or if you had to be a donut in, in this box, what kind of donut would you be? You know, some fun stuff like that. Uh, will help ultimately, uh, you know, your team through the huddle experience, develop more relationships and have, you know, have a good time. That's also a good thing if your church has multiple services and sometimes you're doing huddles as like maybe the service before is leaving. And if people see that that your team is having fun – that's a great attractional thing to pull people closer in to say, hey, um, you know, I would love to you know, be a part of a team. I'd love to kind of get plugged in. I could be a part of uh, that experience that looks like something good. Mm,
1: all right. Well, this is going to be really great leading into the Christmas season review, past learnings.
0: Yeah. So don't shy away from highlighting what worked well in the past and what hasn't. So so don't go out of your, don't worry about saying like, hey, you remember last year uh, at Christmas, we got overrun at this one service. You know, we're going to do something different this coming year. Or what could we do different? That's even better. You know, hey, how could we do a better job on that this coming year? Or, you know, if you have something go wrong on a Sunday morning, like let's say, you know, let's say somebody, you know, spilled something on us, you know, in the coffee area. um, And, you know, you kind of ended up, being a bit of a scramble to clean it up the next Sunday morning, actually talking through that and say, Hey, remember last week we had some people spill here. What do you think we could do to ensure that people don't spill or when people spill, we handle that scenario even uh, better, you know, actually reviewing what you're learning again, shows that you're considering things as a leader. You're thinking you're engaged, uh, you're helping leaders, you're training them. You're using this as a, as a kind of vibrant experience. So yeah, review what we're learning, review how you're growing as a team
1: and we've kind of already talked about this, but praying together.
0: Yes. And, you know, holding hands is always bonus points on this one. So I really do think that this, uh, can sometimes be overlooked in a church huddle, or it can be perfunctory. It can be like, well, we're supposed to do that. Like that's what teams do. We pray together. No, no. I would try to think more than that. Some for some team member members, Huddles are literally the only place, place that week know, my, my language is not working here <laughs> for some team members, huddles will be the only place where someone will ask them for prayer requests and then actually pray for those prayer requests and so mm-hmm. let's go out of our way to actually slow down and have that prayer time and work on the intimacy side of the equation what can we do? What can we pray for for you today? what can we and maybe you know change it up and maybe we're going to do kind of popcorn prayers this week or or maybe we're just going to stop and say, hey today we 're just going to pray for Vanessa hey Vanessa what are three things things in your world that we can be praying for. And then maybe we we actually gather around, lay hands on and actually pray for those things or uh, or, or pray for the morning or pray for things that are coming up. But let's try to push through that being kind of just, a, you know, a routine part of the morning, but actually try to do it with some passion and energy, trying to plan that a little bit more, um, you know, to try to actually, you know, make this a real ministry, high impact ministry part of uh, the day. So praying together, critical piece of the, the puzzle for sure.
1: All right, Rich, before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like to add?
0: Yeah, we've got a free resource associated with this uh, article. So if you scroll down to the bottom, at the very bottom, we've got a link for you to click. And we've got a resource. It's actually two resources. It's an audio resource and then an MP3. uh, that's both the same. An audio resource and a PDF. So an MP3 that features uh, David A. Miller. He's from an organization called Slingshot. They are really in the kind of people development business on the ministry side. And they help churches build great teams, not through – not only kind of acquiring or hiring team members, but then developing them. And he, there's, we have this great, he and I had this great conversation where we talk about some best practices on developing the team culture within your church. And so I think that would be a good kind of, um, you know, augmented resource with today's resource. And then we've also got a PDF uh, where I walk through four leadership personalities that are needed in teams at your church. And so you can look at that and say, Hey, or think about the team that we're huddling with and say, do we have kind of those personalities again, absolutely free. Just click on the link. You can do that even your phone. Just scroll to the bottom of the uh, the notes that are provided uh, and click on that. Give us your email address and we'll send that over to you for free.
1: All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. You can see the full article on our other podcasts at unseminary.com.